This is the story of a little guy in a big world, a small board game publisher trying to make an impact on a fast-paced industry with thousands of new games each year. Without being able to compete with low prices or large print runs, Buttonshy is simply just doing things its own way. Welcome to DIY Board Games. All right, so the first thing I need to do is introduce myself. Um, my name's Jason Tagmeyer. I am the owner, you would say, of Buttonshy. I'm the self-proprietor, I guess, sole proprietor might be the term. Outside of Buttonshy, I've designed a couple things that you may or may not know. Uh, Pixel Lincoln, the side-scrolling deck-building game, uh, and any expansions to that. Um, AEG's Maximum Throwdown card-throwing battle game. Uh, and the expansion to that and the AEG black box, if, if you have that. Uh, it's Maximum Throwdown uh, Overload. Seven Sevens from Eagle Griffin. A little seven uh, suit. Uh, kind of classic traditional card game that uses seven different famous sevens and their powers. Seven Cs, seven wonders, things like that. Uh, most of you probably don't know, I was the co-set designer of uh, Quarrier's Quest of the Gladiator. I worked with uh, Mike Kinsella at WizKids in, in designing that uh, expansion, which was awesome. And is there anything else? Some things that are coming out soon and some other little tiny things. So on the button shy side, it's a business that's run by myself um, with help but officially, like on the records, uh, Button Shy is essentially just me. Um, what I'm doing is I'm, I'm trying to make and publish some board games, some card games, and other tabletop-style games that normally uh, wouldn't, wouldn't make it out there. So, um, small games, different games, games that just might just, just not you know, make it to, to, to proper retail. Games that are, are current and, and of the moment as opposed to of the moment a year or two ago. Um, I've been, you know, on the, on, on the negative side of some, some early Kickstarters that took a good year to deliver. For example, uh, a game I made called Pixel Lincoln. We designed it, it funded, it overfunded, funded very well in I believe it was 2012, and uh, it, it shipped a year later. And that's not that uncommon. Uh, I guess at the time we thought it wasn't going to be a year, but a lot of games take, you know, that good that good six months of production and shipping and the boat from China and all that, you know, fun stuff uh, that that nobody likes. And and it, it kind of burned me to the point where. I, I, if I can prevent that in any way and, and get away around that, I'm, I'm going to try. So that kind of was the start of, of Button Shy as it is. The To-Do List, 12-1-2015. I'm going to quickly uh, 
run through my to-do list um, for for a regular Tuesday night. Your fired Kickstarter. We have hit a stretch goal today, so I need to one post about that. Uh, two, show the new stretch goal, which uh, we just got the art in today. Um, so I have to put that card together and, and mock up the little stretch goal image and, and show that. Uh, three, post about it. Uh, a big thank you to the backers saying that we hit our stretch goal. Let them know the next one and let them know the results of our um, of our contest of just voting for the next two company names. So that's, that's a biggie. Uh, that'll take me a good amount of time to do all that. Uh, other games, um, Patreon. We launched a Patreon today, which was a crazy experience, a new experience for me, um, and it, it did really well. So I have to get on there and personally thank everybody who's da- donating month money to us monthly. It's such a crazy concept, but we got a lot of cool stuff planned for that. Um, so I got to get on there and, and you know post a thank you to everybody. Uh, Fifteen people or something. So that's that's step two. Right now it's eleven forty-two, and I have to work in the morning. So that's that's two of my things I need to do. Um, three, I'm working on this crazy game called Matterkin. Matterkin is a PNP CCG. The way it'll be distributed is still kind of up in the air, trying to kind of maximize the the CCG aspect of this, but it's a print-and-play game uh, that's very small. It's it's very easy on your printer. Uh, It's a fighting game. And we did so much work today, me and Marty, on on the story and everything else. So I have to email all of that. I have to kind of convert it. Some of it was recorded audio. Some is is typed up. But I have to convert it to an email and send it to the artist who's starting to kind of help us shape this world visually. Um, So i got to send that email out. Uh, That'll take me forever. Uh, what else? What other projects? I'm working on a project for AEG, and i got to coordinate with the artist and the graphic designer. Because not only am I a designer on it, I'm the project lead, which is a, a whole crazy experience that's super time-consuming. Um, but it's, it's, it's working out very well, so I'm happy with that. Uh, I need to get that going. I have a lot of stuff to mail, and I have a couple big things that i got to order. Uh, our Black, not our Black Friday, our Cyber Monday sale just ended yesterday, so I got a good count on how much I need to order of our new promo card just to get those out the door. Uh, and I have one lingering pretense custom uh, Kickstarter backer that's kind of fallen through the cracks and back and forth forever. Uh, custom stuff is really just in itself is just a, a whole other experience and it, it takes a while and it's it's tough and this one has has been lingering and it just I have to get it out of the door so um, primary goal is to have that ordered flew here as fast as possible overnighted to him so uh, he gets it by uh, Christmas um, and uh, finally we were working on uh, the one of the special project uh, the special games that are going to be added in the monthly the monthly bonus things for Patreon and uh, just want to write it all up while it's fresh on the mind so that's probably like a good like I don't know like four hours work 
and I got to be at work in eight hours, so uh, that's not happening. So somehow I'm going to figure all this out and squeeze out as much as I can tonight and drain myself even further. Uh, so this is the the um, the life of a designer slash publisher slash you know somebody trying to make it in the in in today's game business. I designed a couple games called Storyteller Cards, which are not even games. They're more of a tool for for storytellers and tools for gaming, uh, with rule sets that you can play games with them. But I designed them. They uh, they funded well on Kickstarter, and and we ordered them from the U.S. So production was like 45 days instead of you know the the long period that that we're used to from China. After that, I was looking at some you know different ways to package things, and came across these these cool little business card wallets that that were the perfect size for cards. So we started this this wallet line starting with Alex Strang's Movie Plots, a game that, you know, we would close conventions with uh, and, and have a blast. Uh, so we decided to make that the first of, of this wallet series. And at the time, it was really the only of the wallet series. Um, but what was cool about Movie Plots is it, it was only, it worked with 12 cards. And it was, it wasn't the start everywhere, but it was the start for us of, of looking into smaller numbers you know what can you do with 12 to 18 cards and no other components um so that kind of was the birth of our wallet line and now we're almost seven to ten games later if you count the ones that are coming up that some people don't even know about but um so yeah that's that was kind of what what brought us to to today uh, doing things a little bit differently. Um, these little wallet games, you could see, you do see small games on store shelves, things like like Love Letter, of course, uh, Brave Rats, Coup is pretty small, uh, even stuff like One Night Ultimate Werewolf is, is small and, you know, could essentially fit in these wallets, but they're made bigger and better for, for mass, you know, retail. But there's not a ton of that. Um, I'm, you know, some of these games are the size of a pack of Magic: The Gathering cards. Um, you see packs of Magic: The Gathering cards, obviously, in stores, still, but you don't see much else in that size, especially something that's self-contained in that size. So we started looking at at, at small games and the wallet size. And here's a quick look at me and Marty Cobb working on Matterkin, a PNP CCG that we're trying to do, which is a stretch, but it's 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 getting there. Uh, we're working on a lot of the story, the backstory, and the um, kind of the world building. So check it out. So just kind of writing up some ideas here. I'm gonna look up some names while you do that. Okay. Translate into some languages. And I just lost Google Translate. It went to Kick Track instead. I'm just going to spin the wheel and get a language. Boom, Latvian. Ooh, Latvian. Oh, I can't even read that. <laughs> Can you read that? Waterhums? <laughs> Assuming that's a, a, a soft J. It's either Jwata Jums. Wadawums. 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 <laughs> the planet is named Wadawums. 
That sounds like uh, some George Lucas naming conventions right there. <laughs> Watawums. Oh, man. Weezer. Weezer the Watawums. Weezer went to Watawums. Oh, man. Um, this and go to a different language. Boom. Persian. Oh, I can't read Persian. Can you read that? Hmm. Nope. Nope. Persian wasn't a good idea. Swedish. Materia. Once again. Another language. Esperanto. A pharaoh. A pharaoh. A pharaoh? I'm definitely not pronouncing... Nobody is. Nobody is right. Yeah. We can spell them. All right. One more. Danish. What do we got? Enligidi. Nope. Can't say it. One more. Georgian. Nope. Can't read it. One more. Hebrew. Can't read it. Last one. Latin. Materia. Materia. We start where we end where we started. Yep. Materia. If materia didn't start with an M, eteria. Eteria. Sounds very, uh... Eteria. That's the digital version of it. That's the Master of the Universe version of that. No, that is... That is... Eternia. Eternia, yeah. All right. Here's what I got so far. In the beginning, there was nothing. Then came the Big Bang. And with the Big Bang came the atom. From the atom came the molecule, and from the molecule came the planet known as Statures. From the rise of the planet came the Matterkin. The Matterkins are beings of atoms and molecules and compose themselves into the states of matter. The solids live amongst the land, farming and settling the the earth. The liquids live amongst the sea, forever exploring the endless depths. The gas live amongst the clouds and floating cities of energy and technology. The plasma, the most ancient of all Matterkin, live in the stratosphere, watching all other matter below. And then there is the digital, the false matter who live amongst the great network spread throughout the world. Very good. That's very good. Some wording fixings here. As I fixed it, as I kind of said it. Now, we got Ben Taz is working up some art and sending him that is all I need to do. That eliminated me having to write a whole email out. I'm just like, read this and draw. <laughs> <laughs> The solid, the solid fight in a war of attrition with the opponent. With high health and low movement, the solid stays still in order to absorb damage and strike upon tired enemies. Liquid, focusing on tactics instead of defense, liquid units move quick and unleash deadly attacks by either striking at the right time or creating open openings in the uh, enemy's defenses. Uh, gas, with low defense and low attack, the gas appear to be the weakest of the bunch. But these crap, but this crafty bunch have an effect on the battlefield like none other. Focusing on strong combos and status effects ensures that they have ultimate control of the battlefield. Uh, plasma, while middling in most stats, the plasma have potent abilities, able to heal and help others on the battlefield. The plasma grant the ability necessary to stay alive. Digital. Quick to summon, but easy to die. The digitals are quick and deadly, but the longer they remain in the fight, the weaker they become. And now some more about what we're doing with Button Shy. Even more recently, I've been looking smaller. Uh, we're doing a line of postcard games. One side, not, it's not even the full postcard either. Uh, the designer gets one side of a postcard to make a game. Uh, and we're doing, we're doing something really cool with that. I'm looking at some little three card games, but not everything is that small because the, 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 the positive thing about that size is that it, it, it's easy to, to manufacture, it's easy to ship, and 
you know, you don't have that, that Kickstarter campaign that's sitting on the, like, grueling side of trying to hit $30,000 for four weeks and then, you know, has to, you know, has to cancel and start over. And we've seen that so many times before, and it's, it's never a pretty process. I mean, there's been some great things that have come out of it, you know, the second run, you know, things that do way better even the second time around. But that 30-day wait for $30,000 or even on a personal level, we did Storyteller Cards was the second one was trying to get to 12000 and, you know, we sat at 8000 for a long, long time. So these games are small and art and designer cost aside, I mean, $500 will get us a long way in, in getting these going. So I'm just looking at doing things differently, taking inspiration from, for example, the Japanese market with the, uh, the, the Tokyo game market and things like that, um, where people publish their own games and, and make their own games and bring them to these places. Just looking at things like that, there's, there's a massive community at the Game Crafter. There's uh, communities on BoardGameGeek for just do-it-yourself design work or just the, just the board game design forum. And people that want to make games that may or may not be publisher uh, publisher not even publisher ready uh, is a term that would you know seem that they are you know not quite of the quality of a game that a publisher would you know publish but more not so publisher centric um, things that you know especially like retail store centric there's where do you put them in the retail store they put them in the glass case that nobody ever takes a look at and they just they just sit there even tuck box size games suffer that kind of problem so you know we're looking at those things that that kind of break the mold and that you wouldn't see elsewhere one of the odd things that we do, I mean, many would say that it's strange and different, is that we do almost 100% exclusive direct-to-consumer sales. And what I mean by that is most of these games aren't available in stores. You just can get them directly from our website uh, because of the nature of the the packaging. You know, something like a wallet game is, is hard to sit in a store, not only because it's small, but because it's 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 unsealed it's it's just a wallet uh a postcard game what are you going to do with that somebody's going to walk off with it um and then even you know some of the uh the bigger projects uh the problem with them is just we don't make enough of them to to get you know the the prices that to to be able to sell them for this to for a competitive price to a store. A store wants to buy something at half of retail. So, you know, cutting our thing, our, our games to half of retail is essentially break even in a lot of cases. So we're trying a very, very non-conventional route. Something that you don't see a ton of in, in North America in the board game market. There's a lot of very, very indie uh, role-playing games. And that's really cool and really inspiring. Uh, but on the tabletop side, you don't see a lot of it. 
uh, I know of a couple, like something like, for example, Daniel Solis, a designer that I really admire. His uh, Smart Play Games. He's, you know, he's been putting out quality, quality games uh, using print-on-demand service, and and it's it's rare. It's it's one of very few. Um, most will go the Kickstarter route, and even if the Kickstarter is, you know, starting things off, they'll go, you know, the traditional route after that. Go to China, get a bunch bunch of games made, try to get them into into distribution and get them into stores. I'm trying to not really, you know, change that. Obviously, I can't change that, but I'm trying to show that there can be something else. A lot of people will turn away from that and and say that it's not a great business move because you know you go with what works and in this instance what works doesn't work for the little guy you know those price uh, the the minimums will break the little guy uh the uh the distribution charges you know and things like that can break a little guy so instead of with going with everything else that's being done out there in the industry I'm trying something just completely different uh, looking at someone like um, even Cards Against Humanity for example looking at their website just the way that they um, sell their product direct uh, is a huge inspiration it's they've built their own brand they've um, you know maintained their own sales and they know they use Amazon and things like that but you know the one place to go for that and that's another thing that's just rare you know most don't work that way and those are also games that you don't really find in stores but they've had success it's definitely the you know exception to the rule and and the standout which you never want to base your business on the one thing that's been successful ever uh, you know out of all these games and, and and publishers and everything but taking a look at that from a very small independent approach and when I say small I'll give you an example of the size of button shy uh, first of all there's no money <laughs> I don't know any other way to say that we've had some really successful kickstarters this year uh, pretense brought in twenty thousand dollars of its five hundred dollar goal you know um turned out really awesome funded enough to pay for everything ship everything um and 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 that's just about it we you know spent the extra money on getting enough copies to sell in the future uh and and that's it it goes it goes very quickly um art is expensive production is expensive you know out of twenty thousand dollars kickstarter takes you know two thousand and shipping on that was probably like 7,000. We have a lot of international backers, and that's a whole other story that we can get into in, in what that does, you know, to your, you know, the money that comes in. Because if you sell a game that's $6 and shipping is, you know, 14, you're moving $20 for the $6 uh, product. And out of that $6 product, if you've cut it down, you know, for for Kickstarter just to, to hope to sell more, 
you know, you're, you're, you're shuffling a lot of money around, you know, just, just to break even. So uh, I'd love to talk about that sometime in, in great detail because it's, you know, not even a necessary evil because we have a lot of amazing support from international backers. Um, but it's just a, a kind of a, it's a, it's a really tough workaround. All of those things lead up to kind of what we're doing here at Button Shy. We're making games that are either different in in scope or scale or or just simply components. Also making some games that are different in in playstyle, things that may not go over in in the today's industry. Um, we're striving to make things uh, really exciting and 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 see if there is a market for 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 different and uh i'm not going to say like high price because i don't feel like the prices are too high but i mean it's definitely higher priced than what you're going to get um from somebody who's printed 10,000 copies of something in china so i mean it's a, it's a you know a dollar or 2 dollars more here but it's borderline handcrafted uh, our wallet games are hand assembled I order the cards from one place the rules from another the wallets from another and then sit here and pack them all up uh, my wife's been packing them all up because I've been you know running around like crazy for Gen Con so uh, it's it's just a it's just a different approach um, very family based this is me my wife helps out my kids come but i have a really strong group of local supporters that uh either come and design and develop games you know for button shy uh at the the button shy hq which i'll tell you all about at some point and uh people that come and help pack and stuff these games and and ship these out so there's there's a great deal of support uh in our in our little little local circle so we'll get into all that. But I just want to give you a little introduction of, of kind of what we're all about. What to expect in this uh, series. Um, it's, it's hard to even tell because what we're going to do is we're going to give you the inside look at what we do. And not as in like a commercial, like here's what we're doing you know, check this out, but as a, you know, as that, you know, secret camera on the other side, just to see what it takes to design, develop, and publish these games.